everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part series on monitoring in healthcare, adding value to your ethics and compliance program through the use of an independent integrity monitor. This special five-part series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring, and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and culture, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 700 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how a independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. On this exploration, I am joined by two persons from Affiliated Monitors, Jesse Kaplan, he's the Managing Director of Corporate Oversight, and Catherine Keyes, she's the Vice President of Operations. This five-part series will include, in Episode 1, an introduction to the use and value of an independent integrity monitor in the healthcare sector. In Episode 2, how proactive assessments of healthcare ethics and compliance programs and cultures work. In Episode 3, independent integrity monitoring for healthcare professionals in licensing and disciplinary procedures. In Episode 4, we'll take a look at independent integrity monitoring of conditions required of healthcare organizations or systems in non-disciplinary administrative proceedings. And we'll conclude in Episode 5 with using independent integrity assessments and monitoring to limit the adverse consequences of compliance violations. Whether you're in the healthcare industry or in another industry, this will be a fascinating exploration on how you can utilize the independent integrity monitoring concept in a wide variety of ways. I know you will find it interesting. I know you will find it useful. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back for episode five. We're going to conclude our series today with the topic of using independent integrity assessments and monitoring to limit the adverse consequences of compliance violations and maybe talk about a couple of uh, real-world examples that you might not have considered appropriate for an independent assessment, independent integrity assessment. So, Jesse, with that uh, introduction, uh, thanks uh, for coming back to, to visit with us again. My pleasure. So uh, let me just jump right into it and ask you, can an independent integrity review and monitoring be helpful where a healthcare organization may have reason to believe that it has an actual or even potential compliance program, but has not yet been subject to an enforcement action or a corporate integrity agreement Im- imposed by the government? And let me just throw in as, a, as another wrinkle, something as, as really outside of the box thinking as the opi- opioid crisis. Yes. So actually, the answer is yes. Uh, using uh, an independent uh, integrity uh, monitor or reviewer can absolutely be helpful to a healthcare organization uh, where they have a reason to believe that they may have compliance violations, uh, including, for instance, uh, issues with uh, uh, excessive opioid uh, uh, prescribing, uh, but before the government uh, comes in and, and, and starts dealing with the organization. Uh, so uh, if you like, I'll, I'll give you some examples. 
of how engaging an independent tank monitor can help in these types of circumstances. So first of all, just a little bit about, about my background. So I have been on the enforcement side, having worked for the U.S. Department of Justice uh, and for uh, uh, an attorney general's office. Uh, and I, you know, based on my experience, uh, I know that uh, the government doesn't necessarily want to lose uh, good healthcare providers, whether it's hospitals uh, and having them, ex- they don't want they don't want to have them excluded from government programs. They don't want uh, physicians uh, losing their license. What they want is they want to protect the public uh, by making sure that the the uh, the quality of care uh, meets minimum standards and and hopefully above, uh, and that the money being spent, particularly government money being spent, uh, is being spent. Uh, effectively, uh, efficiently, and uh, basically and not being uh, fraudulently provided to, uh, to practitioners. So uh, their, their objective is not to lose uh, uh, healthcare uh, participants in the industry. Uh, having said that, we also know that the government uh, requires in many instances uh, that when an organization uh, finds that they have a compliance problem, that they have to uh, report that that problem to the government, uh, and uh, so uh, not, and not only do they want that provider or that healthcare organization to report to the government, they they expect that provider to have investigated uh, the causes for the violations and the scope of the violations, uh, to have remediated those violations, uh, and to uh, put into place uh, a program where the government uh, and the public can be confident that those types of violations and, and concerns are not going to happen again. Uh, and that's where an independent integrity monitor can be very useful uh, when the organization thinks they have a problem but before the government comes in. Because an integ- independent integrity monitor uh, can be brought in uh, to help assess the compliance program, uh, to make recommendations, uh, and can be available then to monitor that the remedial recommendations are being implemented, and then the and what the organization can do is when they make their self disclosure, or when the government uh, comes and uh, and investigates and is determining what types of uh, action to take against the company, uh, the company can use the fact uh, that they've used this independent monitor and that they will continue to use the independent monitor to uh, ensure continued compliance. They can use that. Uh, to try to demonstrate to the government entity uh, that the company, uh, that the problems with the company are not uh, not, uh, endemic or structural, uh, that they're really a one-off, and that the government and the public can be uh, confident that the company can continue to operate uh, uh, and uh, continue to participate in the government programs uh, with uh, little fear of having those violations reoccur. Uh, so I know that was a mouthful there, but that's uh, that's where an independent third-party uh, monitor can really be very helpful. And we've done that, and we've seen that uh, in situations where uh, because the uh, healthcare company uh, was able to demonstrate uh, to the government uh, that their problems uh, were not indicative of a structural problem with their compliance program or a structural problem with the uh, ethical culture of the company, uh, and that the company... Uh, uh, had offered to have 
uh, their remedial measures monitored over a period of time, uh, that that uh, was able to convince the government that this company should be able to continue to operate. Uh, it may have meant a difference in some cases between being excluded from a government program or having their license pulled versus being able to continue to operate. Uh, Jesse, one of the things you've really emphasized throughout this series is that uh, one of the key differences in healthcare, as opposed to perhaps energy or tech or you name the uh, commercial enterprise, is that the government and the regulators would prefer not to exclude important healthcare providers from the healthcare industry, and uh, even if they have compliance issues. So uh, could you explain in a little more detail why that is? Yeah, and that's a really good point, Tom. So uh, access to quality providers is a continuing uh, issue within the healthcare industry. Uh, and particularly for government programs like, like Medicaid, not every healthcare provider is willing to participate uh, in Medicaid programs. And particularly for vulnerable populations, uh, areas like uh, treatment for substance abuse or treatment for mental health. Uh, in many, many regions of the country, there is just inadequate numbers of providers uh, available uh, to treat those populations. So from a public policy perspective, uh, the government, whether it's the federal government or state government, uh, departments of public health, they want to have uh, as many quality providers as possible so that they have adequate access uh, to the people and the patients uh, that need those services. Uh, but of course, that sometimes uh, runs up against the tension of, well, what happens when you've got providers in those areas of medical services, for instance, but who uh, have, ha have run into problems, difficulties that could pose a threat to uh, patients in the public or could throws a, uh, pose a threat to the public fisc by uh, misusing, abusing uh, the funds that are being paid. Uh, that's the rub. If, though, uh, the government can feel comfortable that those problems that the organization has, uh, has uh, experienced uh, have been remediated and will, and, and will, uh, and will be addressed and, and, and should not be an issue going forward, then you've really uh, helped the government by meeting its two objectives, right? Having quality providers, but also having uh, sufficient, uh, sufficient access for, uh, for its uh, citizens. So, Jesse, uh, I've uh, been saving up this question that I've wanted to ask you throughout this series, and it's a, involving a company that was extraordinarily uh, famous for a short period of time. Uh, the term unicorn was thrown out a lot, and I'm referring, of course, to Theranos, uh, the uh, blood testing company in California. And uh, what I really wanted to pose to you is uh, that with that type of company and that type of situation, what, if any, would be the role of an independent integrity monitor? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, we're, and we're still all learning a little more about what was going on at Theranos. Uh, but you, you do have to wonder, and I wonder, uh, whether, uh, things could have turned out very differently, uh, for the company, for the employees, certainly for, uh, the investors and the board members. Uh, if someone, had uh, made the determination that, you know, there's some yellow flags here or even some red flags here. We really need to bring an independent 
uh, expert to come in and ask some of the tough questions uh, and assess uh, whether or not, uh, number one, this piece of technology uh, actually did what it was, uh, what they claimed it did, uh, and whether or not the organization was, uh, had, a, you know, had an effective compliance program and was meeting its compliance obligations. I don't know all the details of this case, but from what I've read, that was apparently a missed opportunity. Uh, and, uh, and as a result, look at, look what we're, we're seeing now. People are losing hundreds of millions of dollars. There's employees who are losing their jobs. Uh, there's a, uh, board members, including, uh, you know, former secretaries of state and I think the current, uh, de- uh, secretary of defense who certainly are having their reputations tarnished, uh, by, uh, what happened with that company and the apparent lack of oversight by the board. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to make one one point that I think is important uh, about independent monitoring. Uh, I've counseled boards of directors on for healthcare organizations, and every year uh, the compliance officer or the chief legal counsel will do a compliance training for the board, and they will tell the board that uh, compliance begins and ends with the board, and that the board is ultimately responsible for compliance. Having said that, board members typically are not necessarily, they're not necessarily going to be healthcare experts. Uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, some of them are just going to be business people or just leaders in the community. And most of them are, are not going to know that much about the company because they're only going to be coming to, let's say, half a dozen meetings a year. And when you tell them that they're ultimately responsible for compliance, I, I've seen the look on their faces. They can be very uncomfortable with that concept. Well, management can actually make the board get more comfortable by bringing in an independent uh, third party to do an independent assessment uh, and then report to the board. Uh, and uh, that will give the board uh, confidence that, uh, that uh, what they're hearing from management uh, is accurate. Uh, if, and if this third party finds gaps, that uh, those have been identified and then, and then they can direct management to address those gaps. So, uh, so the point here is that I think uh, management can actually do uh, itself and its board a real service by, on a you know, on a, on a periodic basis, bringing in someone to actually do an assessment of the of the organization's compliance program and, and ethical culture. So Jesse, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time. This has been a, just a fabulous series. Uh, throughout the week, uh, we've been visiting on monitoring in healthcare, adding value to your ethics and compliance program, really through a variety of tools, techniques, and services that not only you, but affiliated monitors brings to the table. I, I really want to thank you again, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. It's my pleasure. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thanks again for listening to this five-part series on monitoring in healthcare. If you have any questions for me, you can contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you have any questions of affiliated monitors, I would suggest you check out their website. It's got a lot more information on some of the topics that we've talked about on this podcast series and much more. This special five-part series of monitoring in healthcare sponsored by affiliated monitors is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.